It's time for Cadillac on Call on News Radio 610 KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community. Now, the host of Cadillac on Call, here's Jim Hall. Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of Cadillac on Call presented by the Cadillac Foundation. Tonight on our program, we're going to cover a variety of topics. Of course, we will address, as we have for virtually every week in the, since the last uh, year and a half, the latest on the COVID-19 situation in our community. We're also going to get updated on where we're at with the weather and some of the associated health issues that we should be aware of. And then later in our program, we're going to talk about urgent care in the, in the Tri-Cities and some changes coming uh, to the Catholic urgent cares uh, that will hopefully improve the care and ex- increase the access for care for not only urgent care, but for primary care as well here in the Tri-Cities. So with that being said, we're going to welcome to the program, first of all tonight, Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. Heather has been a go-to guest for us on this program uh, for about the last year and a half, talking about all things COVID-19. And we'll begin there, I guess, Heather, with where we stand uh, coming out of the 4th of July holiday. And uh, I know there's, the word variant seems to be uh, making its way or continuing to be a, a concern not only across the country, but I understand even in our community as well. Uh, give us an update on where we stand with COVID at the, at the present. Sure, Jim, I'd be glad to. You know, looking back over the last month or so, we certainly saw a little bit of a blip in our case rate after the Memorial Day holiday, and we just finished up with the 4th of July, and we know there were a lot of large gatherings, families getting together. So we're anticipating, you know, some kind of a slight increase post uh, 4th of July holiday as well. I think what has us even more concerned is the fact that uh, the disease is really becoming um, the disease of the younger population. Our our older, our 60, 65 and above population are, are very, really quite well vaccinated. But it's when we're looking at that, you know, 20 to 39 year old age group, first of all, that is where we're not seeing vaccine uptake very well at all. And we're starting to see definitely the increase in disease burden in in that age group. And then we move into our concerns with that Delta variant. I think what's interesting is a a couple of weeks ago in the United States, it was uh, accounting for about 30% of the circulating types of COVID in the U.S., and in the last two weeks, it went from 30 to just over 50 percent. It's 51.7 percent of the COVID in the United States right now is that Delta variant that we know is much more contagious than what came along, you know, very first with this this COVID virus. You couple that with low vaccination rates in certain age groups, and and we certainly don't expect our our data to go in the right direction with it being highly contagious and in a relatively low vaccinated population. We will um, obviously see a fair amount of disease in that population. And, you know, the sad thing is, is a lot of people of that age group think, well, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy, so what if I catch a little cold? Well, there is such strong evidence that COVID is a lot more than just a minor cold. Yes, there are people who catch it and do very, very well, but many, many times people catch it. They may get over the the acute phase of it, but so often we hear about those lingering symptoms of fatigue and brain fog, 
uh, loss of taste and smell. Even in the younger population, we're hearing those symptoms go on and on for weeks to months. So, you know, this virus isn't something to take lightly. And we know it may not be 100% preventable by vaccine, but we know as vaccines go, this is one of the best vaccines to hit the market to prevent a, a, a virus infection. But we also know this vaccine is so good that it really is it, it's stopping people from dying from COVID. And you may not die from COVID if you catch it and you're young and you're healthy, but it could kill you. You just don't know. Or you could pass it on to a much more vulnerable person, maybe somebody young in your age group that has those underlying conditions that if they catch something like COVID, it's not going to end well for them. And that's why we need to really think beyond just yourselves and what it might do to you, but you need to look to your, your friend group, your family group, your community. And we have fortunately been able to open our economy up, which means we're able to gather a lot more. And with it comes the responsibility of we really do need to, to continue protecting ourselves, our family, each other, our businesses, and our business owners from this spreading more throughout our community. You bring up an interesting point with, with the vast majority of the cases hitting the younger population. And as you say, and that's probably what's been so challenging throughout this is the way this has impacted uh, certain people. Uh, obviously, the older population, it was much more lethal just because of the, those, the that age group wasn't maybe as, as more vulnerable to the, to the virus once it was, once it was uh, impacted with them. But with this younger population, you said, yeah, you might not get it as severely, but it's the, the lingering health effects of, like you say, the chronic you know, whether it's breathing problems or, you know, the fatigue of the br- the brain fog and those kinds of things. So I guess maybe that's the message to these younger populations. Yeah, you might not get it as severely, but that doesn't mean, you know, you're going to, it's just going to go away in two weeks like a cold might. Right. And we hear that time and time again from people who are recovering from COVID saying, you know, it took a long time to really start to feel energetic again. And, you know, you could avoid all of that by, by simply getting a vaccine that, I mean, millions of doses have been given, and it is an extremely safe vaccine, and it works so very well to prevent what, what can be, you know, not only a deadly disease, but certainly one that can impact your life negatively for many months. Are we seeing uh, the level of vaccination rates improving at all in this area? I know both in Benton and Franklin, it had been lagging comparative to the rest of the state. You know, we are uh, still lagging, but we're starting to, you know, make a little bit of headway. Some of the areas we're focusing on is certainly our our CDC West testing site, which also has the vaccination site with it, which is still running Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and has all three types of vaccine out there. And, you know, they're still seeing a steady stream, but we certainly would like to see more people take advantage of that. And the other thing that is happening across Washington State is we're really encouraging our medical providers to become vaccinators. It, you know, it arrived in these mass clinics and in these, um, you know, these larger settings. And now we really need to get that vaccine into your medical home. 
So the same place you might go to get your kids shots at your pediatrician or your family practice doctor, you should be able to go get a COVID vaccine there as well. You know, especially as we move into back to school time, flu season is is literally just around the corner again. Um, Being able to go to your medical home, your medical provider office and get your flu shot, your COVID shot, your kids vaccines. And that's what we're doing in the community right now is working with those providers to help them find a way to stock this vaccine in their practice as well. But the people have to want to get it. People have to want to get it. And, you know, it's with that Delta variant so prevalent, we, we can't, I mean, we've been stressing and urging people, but when you just think things can't get much worse, along comes a, a more problematic variant that says, yeah, it can get worse. But again, knowing a vaccine is is such a good way to prevent the the devastating effects of of that vac- of that variant. And I know you are data drives everything that you talk about, and and of these new cases, you said not only are they hitting the younger population, but it's what ninety nine percent of the new cases are among the unvaccinated people. So I guess that's another proof that the vaccines work. <laughs> Right, and and we're definitely, you know, seeing a, a strong Delta um, that variant out there in our population. So, yeah, it's happening across the United States, but it's certainly also very prevalent here in the in the Tri Cities region as well. Visiting with Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District, as Benton and Franklin counties are about to hit the 30,000 total caseload since the pandemic uh, surfaced a year and a half ago. Uh, 340 people in Benton and Franklin counties have lost their lives to COVID-19. So still alive. Uh, Obviously, the impacts are severe, Uh, hopefully not as uh, like they have been. uh, But again, uh, certainly a lot to be wary of as we move throughout the summer. We have a couple of other topics we're going to address non-COVID-like with Heather uh, related to uh, living a great healthy life this summer and we'll do that right after this you're listening to cadillac on call on 610 kona this program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider always consult your health care provider for your specific condition especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem now back to cadillac on call here again jim hall Welcome back to the program, continuing our discussion with Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. And when we last visited with Heather, we were just beginning this incredible heat wave that we've been in. And I just happened to be reading a headline online about the te- the death toll relative to the heat wave in the state of Oregon. It was well over 100. And I know it's unfortunately, I understand in our region, in our community here, Heather, uh, a couple of uh, deaths were attributed to, to the heat. And so uh, heat is just impacted in so many ways. And I guess what, where, where is the health district on this? Uh, fortunately, it's tempered a little bit, but we're still going to be well over 100 degrees, it uh, looks like, or at least in the upper 90s to low 100s for the next week to 10 days. I think what people need to remember and realize is, yeah, we just came out of, you know, exceptionally hot, hot days. And so all of a sudden, 100, 105 doesn't feel so bad compared to 118, 120. But understand that it's still hot. And just because you're not feeling the effects of it, because it just feels a little cooler than 118, it doesn't mean it isn't dangerous. 
And so you need to continue to do all those things we talk about uh, to protect yourself, like spending time um, inside during the heat of the day in an air-conditioned area if you possibly can. If you don't have air conditioning, shut those curtains, turn on a fan, go to air-conditioned public places where you, if you have to be out during the heat of the day. You know, if you're going to be working in your yard, consider doing it early in the morning or toward the evening hours. If you're working in agriculture, exactly the same thing. And uh, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Just cannot stress the importance of of making sure you have enough fluid to counteract what you are uh, sweating out of your body, even at 95 to 100 degrees. You're losing a lot of water through sweat. you know, so just be very, very careful out there. And, you know, sometimes people look at the river and say, well, I think I'll just go jump in the river and cool off. But, you know, there are dangers with going into the Columbia River, the Snake River, or the Yakima River around here with currents and things under the water. And, and we do hear of drownings every year from people um, going into that river. So so be extremely cautious. And with the wind, I know as as we're talking this evening, the, the wind has been blowing fairly significantly, which has obviously rapidly enhanced the fire and danger even more. And I know having just gone through the 4th of July holiday, there's been some impactful uh, fires uh, relative to homes and, and apartment structures in the community. So certainly that danger is ever present. But I know one thing that's coming up uh, with a lot of these range fires, and I know it hit very hard in this area last summer in the month of August, but when these fires start uh, breaking out in other parts of the Northwest, it can impact us here just based on how that wind blows. And so I guess we're smoke is another ever-present uh, concern. Right, and we're watching the air quality very closely and preparing to send out some messaging to our community. But now's a good time to start planning ahead for that. Um, even today, as I've looked out my office window, I've noticed the, the haze coming in and, and the, the air quality is, is not as good as it was even this morning. And those wildfires that are, are around us, and even up in Canada, the air does blow this direction and then it kind of settles in our community. And it's extremely dangerous for, again, certain populations, the elderly or even the younger people with chronic lung conditions uh, really do start to struggle when we start to get the smoke. And what the problem is, along with that wildfire smoke comes certain gases and uh, a lot of particulate matter. And it's that particulate matter that gets into our eyes and into our lungs. And, uh, And for a healthy person, it can be very, very irritating. But if you already have underlying uh, lung disease, and we have a lot of people in the mid-Columbia with asthma, a lot of children with asthma, you're going to struggle a lot more as that smoke appears. So now's the time to start planning ahead. And when it does start getting extremely smoky, you need to plan your indoor activities. Um, And some things you can do inside your house to help keep the air a little cleaner is If you have air conditioning, turn it on research so that it's not bringing the air from outside in with the smoke. And then you can set up a box fan with one of those flat furnace filters up against it. And as it's pulling the air through, it will also help filter out some of that particulate matter and will help to clean the air in your house a little better. And the other thing people ask about is, well, should I be getting face masks? We know that the regular surgical mask 
that we're using for COVID protection really isn't good protection for the particulate matter that comes in with smoke. And that's where we look to the N95s. And last summer, they were in pretty short supply. This year looks to be a little improved. But remember, it's an N95 that really fits snugly against your face. And that is how you can prevent that particulate matter from coming in. And N95s are not, are not recommended. They're not for use in children and infants. So we need to take a special care in keeping that age group indoors and out of the smoke and prevent any kind of irritation to, to their new little lungs. So we need to protect them by keeping them indoors. So the masks that we've all grown accustomed to wearing, the N95s, if it's relative to smoke, is the ticket, uh, and, and really we shouldn't bother with uh, the masks otherwise if it's a smoke-related issue? You know, they're not, as, they're not nearly as good protection because the, the surgical mask doesn't really seal around your face. And when it comes to protection against COVID, it's what's coming out of you that you want to catch in the surgical mask so you're not spewing COVID virus onto other people. But when you're dealing with smoke and inhaling the particulate of smoke, you're protecting yourself from what's swirling in the air. And that's where that N95 mask is so important. I remember one summer I went out at night with a flashlight and I was in my backyard and and it was smoky and that was such a visual picture I will never forget seeing the particulate matter and thinking, oh my goodness, this is what's going in my lungs that an N95 will protect from. Just like smoking. Exactly. And, you know, if you're smoking, absolutely do not do it in the house, particularly uh, when we start getting these forest fire smokes in. It, It will just be a lot harder on your family. One final uh, note that I know you had shared with me relative to uh, public health and a concern of the health district is another virus uh, that's been detected in our region, the West Nile virus. What's the level of concern and why should we be concerned? Sure. Uh, We recently announced that there was a positive West Nile virus, mosquitoes, in the Burbank area. So that tells us, as we anticipate every summer, the virus is here, it's in the mosquitoes. So you need to really ramp up your mosquito protection. Watch that standing water around your house. Mosquitoes of this type are dawn and dusk feeders, so that's where you're going to see them out more. And if you start to have symptoms of, you know, a headachey, feverish, rashes, um, kind of those flu-like achy symptoms, and you've had mosquito bites, and you're just not getting over this, you might want to have a conversation with your physician. But we know the vast majority of people who actually catch this virus have no symptoms at all. It's the very rare person that goes on to have symptoms and the even more rare person who ends up with the encephalitis or the meningitis that can be um, life-threatening. So do a lot of uh, protection with wearing your pesticide sprays to keep those mosquitoes away from you, stay in at night, and um, also don't forget your horses because there is a vaccine for horses. Unfortunately, there's no vaccine for humans, but we also know that our horses, it can be a deadly, deadly virus for them. So make sure your equestrian friends are uh, vaccinated. 
Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. Great information as always. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, do so. The economy does get to open up, continue to open up. But do, if you haven't had that opportunity to get vaccinated, take advantage of doing so. We'll be back with the second half of Catholic on Call right after this. Listening to Cadillac on Call on 610 KONA. This program provides general information only. Any comments or information presented are strictly for educational purposes. Cadillac and 610 KONA do not endorse any of the suggestions made by the presenter or callers. Now back to Cadillac on Call. Once again, Jim Hall. And welcome back to the program. We are going to shift gears a little bit and talk about the topic of urgent care. And certainly uh, throughout this this heat-related uh, activity that we've been experiencing for the past few weeks and on top of all of the COVID activity over the last year and a half, healthcare facilities all throughout the Tri-Cities have been very, very busy, as we have well documented throughout the course of this program. And certainly uh, in the last month or so, it's it's probably uh, all over the place. And I know in the Catholic uh, family of healthcare facilities, whether it's in the hospital, or the doctor's offices, or the urgent care clinics around the Tri-Cities as well, uh, it's been very busy. And so I know one way that uh, Catholic is trying to uh, uh, meet that demand is uh, beginning on Monday, the 12th of July. Uh, Catholic will be consolidating all of its urgent care facilities and services to the one location in Central Kennewick over on Clearwater uh, next to the Winco right on uh, in Central Kennewick. 4804 is the address if you want to put it into your phone. But we're happy to welcome back to our program Paul Shoemaker, who is a nurse practitioner with Catholic Urgent Care to talk a little bit about that and maybe give us some other health-related information relative to the heat and the smoke and things of that nature. So, Paul, thanks for taking the time to jump on with us tonight. Maybe, first of all, a little bit about the why behind consolidating. Uh, what's happened is I know there's two urgent care facilities that Catholic has operated, uh, one out on the Steptoe area on Clearwater and then the, the one that we had just mentioned in Central Kennewick. What is the, the purpose behind that? Is it just to make it more uh, consolidated and more where everything is all in one location? Well, thank you so much first, Jim, for having us on today to allow us to visit a little bit that, about this and educate the public about the services that we offer. And it is really, we call it a merging or a consolidation of all of our urgent care resources into a dedicated urgent care site. Previously, we had two sites and they were both on Clearwater in Kennewick. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a perspective that they weren't that far apart from each other. So we feel that if we can consolidate all of this into one site that is dedicated to just urgent care, there are no other services in the building that we'll be in, that we'll be able to expedite the care for our patients. We hope to be able to be able to even see more patients than what we see now with two urgent cares with just one site. And then we're looking at the future and being able to expand eventually as we um, increase our infrastructure, our facilities, our staff. This is kind of like a staging for the future uh, as we prepare for uh, movement into other areas of our community so that we can serve even more uh, than just the Kennewick uh, area mainly. We've seen patients from as far as, you know, from even Washtuck to Hermiston, those types of areas. But 
being a more convenient location uh, for everyone is our eventual hope to be able to serve more patients. And for people who aren't aware, this urgent care is open seven days a week from 8 in the morning until 8 in the evening. So it's, again, one of those convenience types uh, when, when perhaps you can't get into your doctor. But I know the other piece of this with that clinic uh, that's being vacated uh, and the urgent care is consolidated out on Steptoe, uh, one of the other pressing needs is uh, primary care. So you talked about that word infrastructure. So this, in a way, will also allow for uh, Catholic to increase its primary care needs. Yeah, Jim, and that's that's a good point. Uh, we see a lot of patients that aren't able to get into their primary care provider, and that has to do with the shortage of primary care providers we have here in the Tri-Cities. So with the uh, opening up of a, a few uh, rooms in that clinic where we currently serve until July 12th, uh, that'll allow more primary care providers to be able to have office space within the Cadillac organization as we consolidate and streamline at the 4804 West Clearwater location. And, you know, it's interesting as you touch on this uh, one word that I know uh, probably can best describe the, the team of, of, of urgent care uh, clinics here in the Tri-Cities at Catholic is is adaptability, because certainly during the pandemic, I know the way testing was done. I mean, there, there was just a lot of, of varying ways that, that you all adjusted your care uh, practices to accommodate patients in the safest and most effective manner. Well, I cannot uh, let us get past that uh, question without giving huge kudos to every staff member at the urgent care since the beginning of the pandemic. They have stepped up to what was, you know, actually kind of a a scary situation for each one of the staff members. They didn't uh, complain. They were there to fill the need. They were on the front lines dealing with people who had positive COVID on a daily basis. And yet they still stepped up. Many of the primary care providers wouldn't see and still won't see uh, patients who are suspected to possibly have COVID. So that's certainly a place where we have uh, filled a gap and where we'll continue to fill that gap if it's needed. And I was going to say, I can recall early on when when the the availability of testing was, was so difficult and and it took a while that you had to presume that anybody who had symptoms was positive. So for the people in those urgent care settings, uh, you know, when someone walks in, you're immediately, uh, you're immediately presumed if you have any kind of symptoms at all to be a positive case, right? Well, that's a, that's a good point because I don't want to scare uh, anyone who's listening into thinking, oh my goodness, there are people there that may have COVID. I don't ever want to go close to there because we are very uh, precise and very careful to follow all of the CDC guidelines in regards to safety. And that is to keep us safe, but it's also to keep every patient that comes into our clinic at 4804 West Clearwater Safe. So that includes things like uh, PPE or personal protective equipment, including masks, gowns, eyewear, and other safety items. It also includes separation between certain individuals. It also includes 
cleaning protocols that we go through between every patient. It's not just at night when the janitorial staff comes in, those wonderful people that help keep our clinics clean, but it's also between every single patient that we carefully follow those protocols just to make it as safe and uh, uh, as worry-free as possible for everyone that comes into our urgent care clinic. Unfortunately, a year later, I guess, as we are uh, going through the summer of 2021, the the, pre- the prevalence of COVID isn't nearly what it is. We're able to see the economy get more open and and back to a, a little bit more normal of a lifestyle. But still, I guess, um, in the healthcare world, uh, you know, illness still happens, whether it's COVID or otherwise. And so you have to be prepared for whatever it takes. Is that is that part of the reason, I guess, the allure from a professional standpoint of, of why you chose urgent care? Well, it's such a broad area of medicine and you get into certain specialties and you're kind of just focused on one certain area but in the urgent care clinics uh, we as providers are dealing with so many different issues and problems and and I will be the first to tell you that I do not know it all and frequently (laughs) I have to turn to resources and uh and consult with my colleagues and, and they with us, you know, we each uh, consult with each other as we come across challenging situations. Paul Shoemaker with Catholic Urgent Care. And again, uh, before we take a break, this all begins on as effective on July 12th, that all of the urgent care facilities at Catholic will be at the 4804 Clearwater Avenue uh, clinic in Kennewick. And I should mention while we're talking about the availability of care, I know there are also what are called express care clinics that are avail- that are um, in operation around the Tri-Cities area, both in uh, Kennewick and, or I'm sure, sorry, in Pasco and in Richland, uh, where, th- where those can also be available uh, for patients if, uh, for certain types of care. We'll visit more with Paul about urgent care on when you should seek urgent care and maybe even get a few comments relative to all of this heat that we've been enduring and uh, how you can stay safe uh, throughout the summer but still have a great summer as well. Back with more of our program right after this. You're listening to Cadillac On Call on 610-KONA. This program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider. Always consult your health care provider for your specific condition, especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Here again, Jim Hall. And welcome back to the program. Again, we're giving you some information on some changes forthcoming with Catholic Urgent Care Facilities. All of the urgent care facilities will be consolidated into the uh, urgent care located at 4804 West Clearwater in Kennewick, all designed to uh, make it more efficient, make it more uh, available, and see more patients, most of all, which is best news for the people here in our community. And that's located uh, at 4804 West Clearwater in Kennewick. And again, urgent cares are open seven days a week from 8 in the morning until 8 in the evening. And we're visiting with Paul Shoemaker, who is a nurse practitioner with Cadillac Urgent Care. And Paul, maybe we should spend a minute while we're on the phone and just what kinds of uh, things should people go to urgent care as opposed to maybe the emergency room or to their own doctor if they can get in during the day? How does it? How do you delineate between those for our listeners? Well, the word urgent care kind of helps to delineate that. Some of the things that have been going on for a while for patients that just kind of bother them and they like to have some attention to that, that is probably more 
better suited to be seen by their primary care provider. Uh, for things that are more severe, and we're talking, uh, you know, significant chest pain, uh, if someone is having signs of a stroke, like difficulty walking, talking, thinking, confusion, those types of things, those are 911 calls uh, or go right to the emergency department. If there's a severe um, uh, arm or leg injury, like a, a bone is sticking out, uh, that's emergency department. If there's a, a significant motor vehicle accident, that's an emergency department. So the things that uh, belong in urgent care are things like uh, you could have a, a broken arm uh, or a broken finger or a, a laceration or cut that's not too severe, and we're happy to take care of those things at the urgent care and and uh, provide the different services that we have available there. Uh, some of the things that we have that we offer is we have x-ray services right there on site and it's all taken care of during your visit. It's not something you come in and then wait for. We also have some basic lab services that are done during the visit and some extended lab services that are available on a, a little bit longer term basis. And then we do have several uh, treatments that are available that we can do right there in the clinic uh, to provide care for the patients. So as you said in the last segment, relative to the the variety of, of things that you see, in a way it's almost just a maybe a step-down level of an emergency department because you see a little bit of everything, just like an emergency department. Well, that's a good point. And in visiting with some of my uh, fellow providers, we've seen what we would call an increasing acuity or uh, sickness level in some of our patients. And so it's, uh, in some cases, severe enough that we have to end up having them go to the emergency department, uh, sometimes even by an ambulance. We do our best to, to care for all of our patients and, uh, you know, give them the best care possible. But uh, sometimes it's, it is more appropriate for the emergency care, uh, but often we can take care of those things that seem, you know, pretty significant, and we have the the expertise and the resources, and bringing this all together in a consolidated location is going to help improve that as well. I have been around this area for a long time, and I know you've been around a few years yourself, and, and I have never seen the weather prolong in such um, 100 plus weather degree temperatures, and let alone get up to the upper 115 to 120 degree range. I know you said you were working uh, during that that 115 time period. What was it like? And uh, I'm guessing you saw your share of uh, heat related visits. Yes, and fortunately, our air conditioning worked fine. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was a blessing and. Uh, the, the thing that we see, I think, is is mostly a mild case of, of some heat uh, stress or, or dehydration, and frequently it's uh, you know just by way of helping anyone who's listening is this to make sure that you're almost doubling up on the amount of water that you're taking in, and then be very careful about activities, especially if you're going to think about doing exercise, really think twice about being out between the hours of 10 and 3 during the day, which are 
the hottest, actually, uh, the, the hotter temperatures have been coming around 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So you just got to be very careful about that and make sure you're uh, in a safe location that has uh, some good uh, cooling opportunities. And I know that there have been a lot of... Uh, uh, local businesses that have said, okay, come and get cool at our place. And, you know, one of those good places, like um, I think Heather has mentioned in the past, is you know, going and walking around the mall. And I'm sure the, the businesses wouldn't mind you stopping in there as well. <laughs> exactly. And and, as, and she even touched on the first part of our program uh, as we move through the summer. Obviously, the, the heat's going to continue and the fire danger is going to continue. So, uh, one of those unfor- unfortunate circumstances with the heat in our dry climate is fire danger. So uh, coping with the smoke that's going to be around as well. So we should all be prepared for that, right? Yes, and there are certain people who are, are going to be at higher risk. And those are people who have lung issues like asthma, severe allergies, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, uh, you know, people who've had illnesses as a result of asbestos exposure, like out on the Hanford site, they're already uh, compromised. And so to put put it bluntly, basically, stay inside uh, and make sure you try to have good filtered clean air, especially if we do get into a situation where the smoke gets thick and heavy like it has the last couple of years. Well, Paul, thanks for taking the time to be with us tonight. I appreciate uh, you uh, sharing your wisdom and your expertise with our listeners. And again, the Catholic Urgent Care Effective July 12th will all be consolidated one location, which is at 4804 West Clearwater in Kennewick, right next to the Winco, right in the heart of Kennewick, uh, convenient all throughout the Tri-Cities. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to Heather Hill for being with us as usual. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again next Wednesday night.